episode 701. I'm back in Arizona. We had a, a great two-week vacation in Bainbridge Island, and uh, the show is going to be talking about parents and coaches behaving badly, and there's a lot to uh, cover, and uh, especially for you coaches, you need to pay attention, especially in the beginning of this podcast, because we're going to talk about a coach who is arrested on attempting child enticement. Didn't do anything. But he had potential, and he's now going to be in jail for a long time. Uh, the power of shame, we're going to cover that at the end. And CTE makes news once again about soccer development, and coaches are always losing their mind. we got video, not just in soccer, all sports, but people are people, and it is America, and we need to watch it, and hopefully we can learn from it. And El Rojo might be, be getting his own show. Comment, let us know, should he start his own show? Called El Rojo. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jack. So what's your hesitation, Jack? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I don't know. He's he's a little nervous. Uh, I think the El Rojo show will be way better. We're going to have him. It would be nice to hear from the youth and have their own kind of show and – He's thinking about bringing a goalkeeper and a midfielder or a forward and a midfielder, and they're just going to have soccer discussion. And uh, we're working on that show. We're hoping uh, that can take off soon. But comment. Let us know if he should do that show or he should not. And uh, Jet's with us. How are you doing, Jet? Good. He's really good. Uh, Jet is in full garb. Show me your new shoes, Jet. Uh, uh, new shoes. These are uh, <laughs> donated. Landon. Landon Vree. Thank you. The Vree family. Uh, hand me down. Yeah, that's how we roll, and that's the way it should be. You sh- we Everyone should have a, have a hand-me-down program, especially in these times where everything costs so much. So if you want to donate your shoes here, we'll take them, and then we'll find a, a proper home form for youth soccer players that are looking to I like develop. These ones. You like those ones? Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. What do you like about them? Looks green. Yeah. Yeah, kind of green, but kind of something. Love the shirt, supporting the Bears. So here's the question, a very serious question that uh, we have for you to start this podcast. Does your coach or club use tactics of shaming kids as a coaching technique? Whether they mean it or not, do they use that as a manipulator to feel like they're getting their point across? So let us know. Does your club do that? Does your coach do that? Have you witnessed it? Definitely comment about that. But we're going to educate the coaches right now. It's very important to pay attention to this part, especially you coaches. Uh, every week we cover uh, uh, coaches that get arrested because they have no self-control or they do some silly things, and uh, each state's a little bit different. But a former Nebraska youth soccer coach will serve time in prison, prison for child enticement. So, coaches, this is your opportunity to learn. So this is uh, a time for us to learn your rules. You better learn your rules. If you don't, you'll be eaten in your sleep. So, uh, uh, Jack was in my ear during that little mm-hmm. segment break. Is, do you understand now what, what's going on? Well, what? it's just the cameras. Like, oh, what? This camera? Yeah. Well, fix it. You can turn it. I'll fix it. 
You want it right there? Oh, there we go. Oh, now you can see my bobbleheads. Yeah. Mike Panleone and I didn't like Dwight. The tablet shining. Ooh, I can turn it right there. So one of the greatest coaches ever in the ACCAC, and Dwight Schrute, who is now banned from his uh, Hollywood community. He's uh, banned. I forgot what. So good. So good. So good. Well, you, anytime you're gonna talk, it has to be in the mic. You're so far away. Yeah. Not even moving. Okay. So, coaches, I want you to listen to this very carefully. You can't contact kids ever, because if you do, you will go to jail for a long time. Whether you touch them or not, if you use Snapchat, whether it deletes forever or not, you're gonna go to jail. So, so let's play that first video, Jack. Social media by her and soccer coach you can keep me on. sharing her story. Her case involves a Sarpy County man who's facing yeah, up to let's, 50 let's years move in it. prison for So we're going to show this first video. This is one of the first news stories. And we're going to show it. Hey, go back to this little mm -hmm. picture of him. This is what a he was snapping. A 400-day Snapchat streak between a man in his mid-40s and a teenage girl. Right, well, it started turning, like, super sexual get there. and, it's, like, stuff so, I like, well, wasn't comfortable with, but I couldn't. I just found. All right, keep going. So he was using Merrick, Snapchat. Soccer coach at Gretna Elite Academy. Get it to the reporter. It says on social media. There's no documentation. Building a bond to cast a filter of normalcy. Scroll, scroll. Keep going, keep going. Right there to her. Remember, her right there. No proof. Snapchat is the perfect tool for predators. The images disappear right after they're open, and if a victim screenshots an inappropriate message, the abuser will know. But while that digital trace disappears. The trauma lingers. The laws have not caught up right, with get out the of this. youth. And, uh, I, I, I just want to show you that part. That we're going to show you a full segment of another report that just came out on this guy. Um, so there's no proof. But what, what, where it did say, which I don't think we uh, showed that part of the video, is he admitted to it? Yeah. And that's how they nailed him. And the amount of years he gets is crazy. All right, throw it in. We're in Sarpy County Court as a judge sentences this former soccer coach to prison. Thanks for joining us. I'm Julie Cornell. I'm Rob McCartney. 48-year-old Kyle Merrick pleaded no contest to account of attempted child enticement. We recently talked with the victim. Her family hopes today's sentencing brings more attention to the dangers of digital grooming. Hey, ETV Newswatch 7's Joey Safchik is live with more of their reaction tonight. Joey. Rob, Julie, the family says today justice was served. It's nowhere near the maximum 50-year sentence, but Merrick's attorney says five to eight years is way more than he anticipated. And Grace, the victim-turned-advocate, is very pleased. She hopes seeing Merrick behind bars will deter other online predators. I will not ever be the same. This affected me for my whole life. Tears of overwhelming relief outside the Sarpy County courtroom, where Kyle Merrick was sentenced to five Watch to eight in the years behind <laughs> bars. I feel relieved and excited that what I wanted happened, but there's still a lot of work to do for other girls. Work that 15-year-old Grace Corrigan hopes will lead to Lincoln. Right. Grace and her mom Katie are helping pen a bill so, that would make digital yeah, me, grooming illegal. He is serving five to eight years for Snapchatting. No proof. They have no documentation of it except for him making weird faces and stuff. Uh, but apparently he, when he was being uh, uh, interrogated, 
by the officers, uh, he admitted uh, to having sexual uh, innuendos or whatever. Anyways, so digital grooming, and apparently, apparently that's exactly what was happening, uh, five years. So coaches, are you texting with your kids that you're coaching? Are you Snapchatting? Are you Facebook messaging? Are you doing any of that? Because if you are, you're a digital groomer. You can't do it. Can't do it. Know your rules. Can't do that. Because if you if you do, obviously something can happen. And the thing is, it was just it was kind of like that believe all women kind of thing. Like she just that's happened. Investigation, boom. If the coach said nothing, like nope, never happened, he would have never been in jail. Nothing would have been, uh, nothing would have happened. But you can't do that. And if you do that, you're a future pedophile. You're a future on my show, be on TV. Those are the things that you have to pay attention to. You can't do it. So hopefully you learn something. Don't text kids. Uh, don't don't Snapchat them. Don't communicate with them on the internet. That's a digital groomer. You don't want to be part of that. And that concludes Learn Your Rules. All right. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't um, communicate with children ever. Can't do it. Group setting. I don't know. But. Watch who you are. I always say, Jack. I'm like always like the coaches that say, and you know who you are because I, I know a lot of them uh, that say, uh, guys, male coaches say, oh, I'm just, I coach girls. I'm just that's what I'm good at. Pedophile. All right. CTE diagnosis in soccer players prompts concerns over youth players hitting headers. CTE is a. Del- um, debilitating condition caused by repeated impact of the head and diagnosed the first time in major league soccer, a case that was concussion awareness advocates calling for changing new sports. Taylor Twellman, former major league soccer MVP. What are we doing? What are we doing? Said he knew the late major league soccer player, Scott Vermillion, who was diagnosed with CTE in his death. Twellman said he, uh, that the head trauma that is enduring during soccer should come as no surprise. Well, the problem is that the advocates for changing will only make up rules, uh, nothing to do with CT. It would just create a perception of safety. Do you understand what I'm saying? Perception. That's how we kind of rule the world right now. Everything's based on perception. The whole COVID thing we went through and all that, it's based on perception. It's a perception of safety. It, it's not logically getting anything done. So the real problem is there's too many coaches that focus on winning on Saturday. That That's our focus. That Here's what's going to happen. They're going, those that get in control, they're going to say, all right, no heading at practice. Okay. No heading at a certain age group. Okay. Um, it's still going to be reckless. It's, it hasn't, I'm sure heading a soccer ball causes shaking of the brain, but so does violently going into players and falling over and spinning like, uh, you know, into some, uh, goalposts or the way we flop around or whatever. It's just, it's a reckless, ugly game. And that is more dangerous than anything else. So this whole perception perception is a, a big deal. The real problem, according to me, is there are too many coaches that focus on winning this Saturday. 
like right now. They have to win right now. So aspiring coaches that feel accept that want to feel accepted by parents and peers, they must win. How do you win in America this Saturday? This Saturday right now? How do you win? You must recruit the best athletes. You must uh, be direct. You must overwhelm the le- less athletic team, and more importantly, manipulate the officials to get the calls. So recruit, manipulate. And direct. That's how you win in America. And that's what happens. You'll win Saturday by doing those things. We bypass learning in this country. We skip all the steps to get the desired immediate results this Saturday. This is coaching 101 in America. This is what happens. What was that? I thought I had the shot. You thought? How many times do I have to say this? You can take as many shots as you want during practice, but never, ever in a game, especially not the championship game. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but that that's what the coaches are doing. That's what they're feeling. That's what's inside them. That's what's being portrayed in different ways. But that's what's happening. They only care about they only care about winning. Majority. Not everybody. Majority. If we actually cared about the development of players, we would actually provide them in a situation that they can make their own decisions with the allowance of repeated failure. We would teach the skills to teach players to be able to deal with pressure so they can play soccer for a lifetime. I have no problem with people recruiting. Recruit illegally, whatever. Do whatever you want. But it's very critical that we are able to develop those players that you recruited by playing a certain way that allow them to develop and progress their games. There's too many athletes at the next level, Division One, Pro, or whatever, coming from this country, coming from your communities, that did not get enough tech, technical um sides of the game they, they didn't learn how to escape pressure they weren't able to uh, develop in such a way that you could play in the premiership it doesn't happen it is a, it is of my belief that if we had moments that gave kids the opportunity to actually receive it look up make good decisions would not only create this huge pool of players actually play the game, but it also develop all the athletes because we play a certain way that we would produce more top players throughout the world from this country if we would do that. But we're not because we have to win right now. That's just the way it's going to be for right now. To prove my point of the focus of lack of coaching is the cause of CTE. Here's a video of a baseball game and watch the coach lose, uh, lose it, but also watch what happens to the catcher. All right, this is a coach's pitch win. Here comes the first run. The second run's going to come in. But the kid that hit it that's trying to score a home run, here he comes. And here comes the throw. Watch the catcher. Boom. He's out. Sure. He's out. And now they're all, now the coach is going to throw a fit about something. So embarrassing. Look at these kids just watch. Like, what is going on as this adult is teaching these kids? This is how you behave as an adult. Now, hey, rewind it, Jack, to the kid. Go, go back, throw it in, and go to where the. Now, watch the kid. Go, bring it all the way to the, where the catcher gets run over. Yep. Go all the way. Keep going, dude. Keep going. 
right here. See his head just snap back and hit the plate. Great hold. Now he's dizzy. He'll start holding his head, and no one's paying attention to him. Everyone's more concerned about a call or no call or whatever, and the kid just, like, messed up and has CT. Anyways, all right. So the, that is, that's what's going on. That's CTE. It's what? Yeah, you got questions and can stuff? Can you do that? What? Like, Talking to the mic. Can't can you truck the dude and, like, hit the plate? Yeah, I think. Maybe not in coach's pitch. I don't know. Comment, do you know if that's legal in coach's pitch in, in Little League baseball? I don't know. It looks legal in, the, in the, the next level. But that kid was jacked up, but no one was concerned about the kid with the concussion. He got slammed, his head hit the plate, but no one cared. All they cared about, was that the right call or the no call? He lowered his shoulder, whatever the rules are for that league. Uh, it's it's definitely a problem. What are the comments, Jack? Oh, um, I don't know why you keep on doing this. All right. Is it better to have your child on a less talented, lower-level team that is well-coached or uh, have your child on a team with a higher-level players or coaching not as strong? It depends. But I, I would say um, the, the, the weaker team that's uh, coached better, obviously you want to advance your child to be able to deal with pressure. Uh, so it depends. So if if I have to think back on uh, your development, Jack, it was it's all for me. It was all about numbers. You know how many times you're receiving the ball. So when when you were with your previous club, it's a it was a perfect environment for you. Being part of Tuzos was perfect because you're around the culture of soccer. They talked the game. They played the game. They lived the game. They played in Friday night leagues. All these different things. Your experience with Tuzos. How long were you there? Three years. Yeah. Uh, two or three years, uh, it was perfect. But at the tail end of it, there was a lot of screaming and yelling, and you weren't touching the ball much. Like, it was just out of control. Every time the ball came near you, coaches were like, ah! you know, like you can play. So we moved. And now you're in an environment where you just had a scrimmage, and the game's different. He's uh, Jack's being in a, is allowed to play, and he's in a position where uh, he has to make decisions versus kick and hope and, and deal with a crazy sideline. Uh, the, the coaching staff is just has everything in control. The parents can't get involved where some places can. There's so many variables, but it's simple math. Measure the math. How many, how many opportunities does your child get the ball, and how many opportunities do they get to make decisions? And then if it's a 100% success rate every game, yeah, it's too easy. You have to – you have to change that. You know, have to move on to another team. You just keep got to keep searching. But you, you have to be in an environment where you, your coach is pushing you to make decisions, to receive the ball, make decisions, whether it's one, two, touch shot, whatever, make decisions. And, and weighing, is it good or is it bad? Was it a positive or was it a negative? And you, it's math. got to do math. So it's hard to tell unless you actually see it, but I would choose – a weaker team with a better coach, depending uh, where you're at. I think having a better coach is by far the way way to go. A, a, a better environment. Someone's going to control the sidelines, control the development, control the learning. That's so important. You can be on the top team in the state, but if the pressure is ridiculous where you cannot think, whether it's come from the coaches, the 
you know, the families on the sideline or whatever, got to remove yourself from it. You cannot do that. It's, it's a bad, bad reckoning of development. So, um, yeah, so this is what we're teaching. Here's the full crazy of that baseball coach and listen out. Uh, did we just watch that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not just coaches. Listen to this crazy parent of this baseball family. Now four. No, that wasn't it. Get out. Get out. Crazy parent. Do you not see it? No. Yeah, it has to be in there. Baseball crazy parent. I can read from here. Down. This one? No. Down, 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 down. Right there. I don't know. Come on, come on, come on. Come on! Yeah! 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 No, 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 no. Get out! Yeah! Let's go! Let's go! All right, now it's all getting crazy. And this coach going to throw a fit. Umpire's in. So much craziness in baseball. All right, get out of this. Do you have that on your sideline? And I get it. You don't like the opposition. They were mean or whatever. Their their tactics were dirty or whatever. So you're gonna, going to scream out loud to let the coach on the other side because – he was behaving badly or whatever, and just let them all know, yeah, you know, and just raw your team to victory. That, yeah, I'm going to say, it. that's disgusting and gross and filthy. It's, coaches pitch baseball. What is that, nine, nine years old? What are we doing? So if we are truly going to develop players uh, in any sport, especially at that age, it's all about calm, relax. Just sit on the side, allow the process to happen. Whether whether your kid got fouled or not, allow them to learn. I was at a game recently, and I saw a player standing up, gets run through, and, of course, mom got upset, which I get. And that's part of the process versus trying to think, like, okay, how can you avoid getting run through? And I, I was thinking internally, I'm like, no, no, what he should have done was, as that player's come in, back up into him and create a space and then get to the ball. You had to create that space. It's all technical driven. If you think in terms of that, how do you survive that? How do you survive someone that's coming through you recklessly? And we, we got videos coming, the dirtiest two-foot tackles coming up, by the way. Crazy. All red cards. Uh, that's coming up shortly. But it's you need to be internalizing what happened to my player or my son, my daughter. How can they avoid that? What technical thing can you do to avoid that? If you're truly wanting your kid uh, to develop or have success, you have to internalize that. Versus that ref should have made that call. That player that player should be red carded and ejected. The refs will do what they're going to do. You have to understand. There's a process. Like, where's the process of learning? It's a test that's going to happen. It is soccer. It can be dangerous, as you'll see in those videos coming up. 
How do you avoid those things? And those are the things you have to talk about. Internalize, how can we avoid it? You want some difficult situations, especially when you're younger. So when you get older, you don't react in such a way that you'll get a red card. And red cards are coming up soon. Now, um, now it's time. Like I said, I was going to show you some disgusting tackles. Uh, of all ball with the greatest tackles of the internet. All two foot, by the way. Let's do all ball. Now the uh, all ball tackles today. It, this is uh, you got to they're paid. I, I fast forward a lot of it, but there's like five minutes to condense it to I think a minute of just dirty tackles. Uh, I always say to players I coach, just stay on your feet, team defend, trust your teammates. Don't have to win every ball, but for whatever level, especially at the professional level, that leads the charge that lets the youth know, oh, this is okay. It's not. You don't have to win every tackle. Team defending. Stay on your feet, I say. Play the video, Jack. Stay on your feet. Those are red cards. See how dirty players can get? But luckily they had bar got a red card. <laughs> what watch if he barely touched him and he rolled like he died. Some of that you should see, I thought it was only yell on that one. That was dirty. Oh! See these are fouls, parents. These are the dirty fouls more concerned about that versus just getting a knee. Oh, yeah. So break your legs. Cool. He sold that a bit. They, they cleared him. Oh. The game gets nasty. Those are things that you may have to throw a fit about. Those are dirty, and there's nothing you learn from that other than stay away from certain players. But, yeah, that, that was disgusting. The game does get crazy. So pick pick your times to be upset. Hopefully everyone stays on their feet. But I say always stay on your feet. Team defend. It's not uh, these slide tackles are where it just doesn't make It's never a good thing when you, when you slide. If you don't get the ball cleanly and you get the player at all or that player sells it, well, you're gone. Red card, goodbye, and you're down a player. That concludes all ball. Now, the power of shaming. Flipping Megan. Megan shames everybody. That's how she got that middle of What a joke she is. The power of shame, shaming kids and anyone for that matter, it's not a good thing to do. In this video I'm about to show you is about uh, kids and what they're willing to do to avoid shame. Now, this this going to 
blow you away. This is it's about a six year old child that was so embarrassed that they couldn't read that they uh, they faked something to the point where they required surgery. It's 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 nuts. Listen to this. Be, uh, be able to read, and by the end of October, the kids were making fun of me because I couldn't read. And I realized it wasn't going to be too long before my mom and dad found out that I wasn't doing my job. He said, so I was scared. I was really scared. He said, but I was also a real resourceful kid. And I looked around the room, and I noticed there was another kid in the class who couldn't read. This kid couldn't read a lick, and yet nobody made fun of him because he couldn't read, and the teacher didn't hassle him because he couldn't read because he was deaf. He wore a hearing aid. He had a hearing loss. And because he was deaf, no one expected him to read on time. He said, so I figured in my six-year-old mind, the solution to my problem was to convince everyone that I was deaf. And if I could convince everyone I was deaf, they'd stop hassling me about the reading. He said, so I went on a one-man campaign to convince everyone in my life that I couldn't hear. He said, and everything was fine until June. I said, well, what happened in June, Dan? He said, my mom and dad sat me down um, the last day of school in June in the first grade and said, Dan, we're really worried about your hearing. You don't seem to be able to hear. We've taken you to hearing doctors and audiologists all over Cape Cod. Nobody can figure out what it is. So we've made an appointment for you. And you're going to go to Boston Children's Hospital next week. And you're going to stay there for four days and three nights. And they're going to do exploratory ear surgery and have your adenoids surgically removed. And this six-year-old kid went through three days of surgery rather than tell his parents what he had done. Um, can you imagine the trauma of a six-year-old child going through surgery that only he knows he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't need? That's insane. That's the power of shaming. Uh, people would rather go through horrible physical abuse and horrible surgery to avoid being shamed. And uh, that's truly uh, scary. Um, you know, going back to the original question we have of the show, is that a technique? Or do you do that as a parent? Do you do that as a coach? Do you shame at all to get your point across or because it makes you feel better in the moment? You really got to be careful in the environment. It's like, you know, having players uh, pick, picking their uh, their teams, like to the point of who's last. No one wants to feel incompetent. So why are we putting our kids in an environment where they can feel incompetent? And what I mean by is when they make a mistake on the field and you have moments of like, what are you doing kind of thing? And like, what are you doing? It's a test. And they're kids, and they have to go through the process, process of learning. It's okay to fail. It has to be okay to fail. And for those coaches and parents that demand perfection are just a – joke of a human being they they're basically looking themselves in the mirror identifying yeah i suck too so i don't want my kid to suck and be like me i'm embarrassed of me how about you just chill out and allow failure because kids if they can fail so many times without pressure from the sideline or ridicule they will overcome it they'll expand and and grow from it but we don't allow it. Why is it uh, kids, when you put them in front of a computer and they play games and all this stuff, they do this all this high-level games uh, uh, that you, that we as adults cannot do. Like, what the heck was that? From uh, those Rubik's... I've seen a kid do Rubik's Cube, juggling three of them, and turn them all in. Why? There's no coaches telling them how to do that. Uh, BMX or skateboarders. How are they able to do what they do? I think it's because... 
They're able to do things without the pressure of a parent or a sideline of getting screamed or ridiculed. They get to practice their craft forever and ever and ever until they perfect it. And then they go to the X Games or whatever that might be at the venue. They learn it first. Not non sports. Put them right out there when they're on Saturday. Right away. To practice. Go, go perform right now with all the crazy parents. Why are we so crazy? Why do you have to win regardless of age? You have to understand what is the emotional trigger. I hate going to games because it's so emotional. It's disgusting and it's uh, shameful. And I don't want to be in that environment. Uh, is there a question? Uh, you ever figured out that question? No. All right. Let's see if we can put it up so let's see if the listeners can. That's so tiny. What's it say? How do you feel about um, platooning goalies? Like maybe platooning goalies. I don't even know what that means. Comment again uh, to explain that. Um, I don't know what that is. What's the next question as we wait to hear an update on that? No, it's not. Uh, well, he did say. How about you just put it up? The, si- the sidelines parents shame because of narcissism. Yep. It is a problem. Um, yeah, so, you know, f- I don't know what the goalkeeper question is, but um, – yeah, that's our podcast. We'll give you some time to ask any more questions, but you can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever else podcasts are found. Um, and I'm now on Spotify, uh, like Joe Rogan. I've always been on Spotify, but now I have the video component. You get the videos of uh, of these and the audio on Spotify. And uh, I moved back to Anchor because Anchor is a, an amazing platform. I'm making a dollar a day. Woohoo! Save it up for vacation next year. Uh, but now I see that there, there's no questions. We'll be back next Sunday. And please comment, should the El Rojo, should we start an El Rojo show? I think Jack would do much better than me and um, and blow it up. But you can let us know. So we are good to go. You can find us in coachcamera.com. I never update it. And for direct access to our content, uh, go to uh, Spotify. Like and subscribe. Jets out. See you next Sunday, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Peace.